You are listening to She Speaks by the Great Canadian Woman. The Great Canadian Woman makes waves, she moves mountains, and she blazes trails. This podcast is a compilation of inspirational Canadian women sharing their message, their insight, their experience, and their expertise. and compassion, strength and softness, pride and humility, independence and connectedness. The Great Canadian Woman unites us by both our similarities and our differences, and this is where we listen, learn, connect and grow. You can learn more about our publishing opportunities, events and how to be a contributor on the She Speaks podcast or blog by visiting www.thegreatcanadianwoman.ca. My name is Yanisi Onopolu, and I'd like to say that I'm incredibly honored to be a contributor to the She Speaks podcast community. I'm also really excited to have you listen to this episode. Before we get started, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. Like I said, my name is Yanisi Onopolu, and you might be wondering where that name is from, and it's actually Nigerian. So I'm Nigerian-born, Nigerian-raised, moved to Canada just over seven years ago for university, I currently work in financial services. Did I tell you how old I was? Yes, I'm a 26-year-old woman. Uh, I live in Toronto, and I love people. Another thing I think you should know about me as it relates to this podcast is I've actually never recorded a podcast before. And uh, you might ask, so why am I doing this? Uh, I actually got recommended by a friend of mine who I had mentioned to her that I had interest in sort of being a guest on podcasts, but I didn't realize I would be recording an entire one myself. But that being said, this is a great challenge for me. And um, I, you know, I'm optimistic about what this could be in the future. Well, (laughs) so now that you know a little bit about me, uh, let me tell you what I'm going to talk to you about today. Today, I want to talk to you about five realizations that I've had through this pandemic. Some of these realizations are new, and some are old. Some just needed a refresher, to be honest with you. So without further ado, let's get started. The first realization that I've had through this pandemic was that my job should not define me. As I thought about the people who were getting laid off and businesses that were were struggling through the pandemic, it really started to make me ask myself the question, who am I outside of my job? Who am I when my job is taken away from me or that, or when my business is struggling? A quote by Maya Angelou, which I really like, it says, I've learned that making a life is not the same thing as making a living. Like I said, through this pandemic, many people have lost their jobs and many have uh, you know, really been reassessing whether or not they're content with the life that they've created. Many have asked themselves the questions, 
is this enough? Is there more? Do I want more? Like I said, I've also asked myself that question, who am I outside of my job? For a lot of us, our self-worth has been wrongfully associated in conjunction with our jobs. Isn't it so dangerous to define yourself by things that can be taken away from you? Things like your job, like money, houses, cars, the clothes. <laughs> um, and in, in, some, in some ways also our friend and family affiliations. Through the pandemic, I think about two kinds of people. Of course, there's so many kinds of people and many kinds of situations. But I think about the two people who stand the risk of letting their jobs define them. One, I think about the person who, you know, has a job that hasn't really been valued much by society. And the second person is someone who has a job that is incredibly attractive, a job that everybody wants. Both these kinds of people stand the risk, in my view, almost an equal risk of letting their jobs define them. The point being that we can all fall into that trap. A great job might look good on your career resume, but it made me think about what would my resume of life look like? I encourage you to take stock of that. What characteristics and accomplishments would be on your life's resume? What values, principles, and truths do you hold? For me, what I would like to see on my resume of life is that she was kind, she was compassionate, she served people, she loved on people, and she made other people feel good. Your job is just what you do. It's not who you are. And this takes me on to my second point. The second realization that I've had throughout the pandemic is that Community and relationships are critical to our survival as human beings. And I think COVID-19 put this on steroids. It really brought this point to the fore. Human beings are social creatures and have a deep desire to connect with one another. Relationships play an important role in our physical and our mental health. When I think about relationships, I think about family, friends, work colleagues, our neighbors, and community groups. As the saying goes, friends are the family that we get to choose. Forming a sense of belonging around a shared mission contributes to our own sense of personal meaning and purpose. Having people to share our thoughts with, fears, feelings, and hopes really does help. It certainly helped me. I know you might say, Yenisi, I don't have a loving family, I don't have a healthy family dynamic, or I don't have a good group of friends, or I struggle with connection. I think that these are all valid, and the level of difficulty varies, but it doesn't negate the fact that connection is important. So I thought I'd share some of the tips that have helped me in my life as I've worked hard to build and reinforce a community of people around me. First tip is invest time this is really obvious, it's a, but you'd be surprised how many people assume that friendships and communities will just appear. You have to invest time, you have to spend time with people to build one-on-one -on -one connections and one-on-one -on -one relationships. The second pointer, I would say, is listen and communicate. 
One, people like to be listened to. People like to feel that their stories matter. People like to feel that they are being heard. And in addition, not only do you like do we like to feel heard, we also like to feel that the people that we, we are in relationship with also share with us. So listen and communicate. The third pointer on how to build and reinforce a community of people via personal relationships would be surround yourself with people who make you want to be better. And don't fall into the trap of negative reinforcement, which is being around people who you want to be better than. But I think a far more healthy approach is to be around people who make you want to be better because they have things or elements within them that you aspire to. We all need something to look up to. The third realization that I've had through this pandemic is having a belief system or spiritual practice is also critical. The definition of a belief system is a set of principles or tenets which together form the basis of a religion, philosophy, or moral code. A definition of a spiritual practice would be any regular and intentional activity that establishes, develops, and nourishes a personal relationship with the divine in which we allow ourselves to be transformed. This doesn't have to be religious. I don't want to convert you or anything, but I have to say that having a belief system or a religious belief system has worked for me. A belief system or spiritual practice could look like your religious practices akin to your personal religion or non-religious practices like art, music, yoga, meditation. The point really here is find whatever it is that grounds you. I did some Googles on the mental health benefits of spirituality, since I'm no expert, and here are some of them. Spirituality or belief system gives us a sense of self-empowerment. It gives us the ability to self-regulate. It gives us the opportunity for personal growth, personal accountability. It gives us the opportunity to pursue mindfulness through self-reflection and meditation. Spirituality renews our sense of belonging in the world. It also gives us a recognition that we are all souls or people in need of love and affection. Finally, a belief system or a spiritual practice gives us something to aspire to. Elon Musk, who I'm obsessed with lately, describes his efforts at getting mankind to become multiplanetary as a, quote, way in which we can give humanity something to look forward to. For some of us, that's God and heaven. For others, it's increased knowledge. And for Elon Musk, it's certainly Mars. Having something to aspire to gives more meaning and purpose. It's definitely giving me a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose. Matthew McConaughey, in his Oscars 2014 speech, said he needs three things each day. One, someone to look up to, which for him was God. Two, something to look forward to, which for him was family. And three, something to chase after, which for him is his hero. He describes his hero as him 10 years from now. And when I put that into perspective or into context for myself, as a 26-year-old, for me, I think about my hero being my 36-year-old self, who would she be? What kind of person would she be? What sort of life would she have created? 
and I aspire to that and I look forward to that and I encourage you to sort of take that on those three needs in a day what are those things for you the fourth realization which for me actually was the sort of new realization that I've had in this pandemic is that self-care is not necessarily the same as self-love society tells us that you know getting our nails done getting our hair done that these are all acts of self-love as represented through self-care practices but to me what i've learned is that you know it's not always the case you know by me getting facials to care for my skin it still doesn't mean that i love my face it still doesn't mean that i think i'm beautiful throughout this pandemic many people stop sort of caring about their skin and their hair and their nails. I mean, the nail salons were shut, but you know, when I ask people, you know, what sort of self-care are you doing even from your home, people would say things, quote, "Well, why would I bother doing that? No one's going to see it anyway." And it really made me think and ask the question, is are these things only important when there is external validation? So, you know, I started to ask myself, Yanisi, what is self-love to you? Because you can have self-care without self-love. But self-love begets self-care. If you love yourself, you will take care of yourself. And so, I encourage you to take stock of this as well. Maybe pause and think, in what ways do I love myself? Or do I actually love myself and what does that look like? So, in my process of trying to figure out what self-love is and what it isn't, I've come up with a list of 10 things which is not by any means an exhaustive list, but I think is a good starting point for you. What self-love is is treating yourself kindly. It's not nitpicking excessively or being overly critical about yourself. It's treating yourself with the kindness that you would extend to a friend. Number 2, self-love is attending to your needs and not the needs of others for you. As a first-born child, I stand the risk and I am actually a victim of this <laughs> or I guess maybe not a victim, perhaps that's not the right word, but I as the first-born, I tend to be a people pleaser, which I still am working on till today. But what that does is it sort of reinforces the idea that the needs of other people take precedence over mine. TD Jakes who is a preacher, you may know him, but in one of his sermons he says, "Putting the needs of other people over yours all the time is actually a sign of low self-esteem." Which for me was a drag because I thought I actually always thought that I had a high sense of self. But it's not a, an act of self-love or, you know, oh i'm not being selfish so therefore i put the needs of others before mine absolutely not i think self love is literally being true to yourself honoring yourself at all times the third point is self love is setting and upholding healthy boundaries i think this is self explanatory but in simple terms it is saying no when you mean no and allowing or truly accepting the fact that no is a complete sentence and you don't have to explain yourself and it's also setting healthy boundaries and saying yes to things that you actually want 
The fourth point, it's curating a community of people who make you want to be the best version of yourself. A community of people who bring out the best in you. It's spending less time with people who drain you and spending more time with people who pour into you as you pour into them. The fifth act of self-love or sort of representation of self-love is the ability to be authentic and stay authentic in every room. I think that this is a radical sign of true self-acceptance. The ability to bring your best self or the same self to every room at all times. Truly, I can't think of any act of self-acceptance that is higher than that. Sixth point, self-love is practicing gratitude. First, it's thanking your body, it's thanking your mind, it's thanking your, your heart, but it's also gratitude for who you are as a person, the things that you love about yourself. That practice of gratitude really does something to you as a person and just allows you to focus on the positives and it's actually really good for your, for your mental health. Seven, listen to your inner voice. Self-love is listening to your inner voice. Don't ignore your own needs. Eighth, self-love is the ability to be vulnerable. It is a practice. It's a difficult practice, but it's so beneficial nonetheless. Ninth, self-love is the recognition and acceptance that you cannot give from an empty cup. Ten, self-love looks like positive affirmations to yourself. Fifth and final realization is therapy. It's a cheap one. I mean, therapy is not cheap, but (laughs) this is a cheap point. Therapy, therapy, therapy. I highly recommend it. That's it. That's the tweet. Therapy. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode so far. I hope that you got some nuggets of wisdom. And as I always say, take what's for you and drop the rest. I hope this has been helpful for you in the way that it's been helpful for me. Um, And I look forward to connecting All my information on my social media and contact information is in the notes below. Um, But I thank you so much for listening and taking the time and have a blessed day. Thank you so much for tuning into the She Speaks podcast by The Great Canadian Woman. Remember to subscribe to the show on your favorite player so you don't miss a single episode. And if you love what we're doing here, we would be so appreciative if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And if you want to connect with today's guest or become a guest on the show yourself, head to thegreatcanadianwoman.ca forward slash podcast. Until next time, make waves, move mountains, and blaze trails.